Alrighty. Tonight, we're going to talk about the, the power of joy, and we're going to talk about what the Bible says about joy. I've never met a person to this day, never met a person this day who says, I, Brother Brown is terrible. I said, what's wrong? I said, I'm just too happy. I'm just, I'm, to, I'm so tired of being so happy. Would you pray for me not to be so happy? I'd rather be miserable. Of course, I've met a lot like being miserable, but the, the deal is I've never met anybody who says I got too much joy. Well, a lot of people think that joy is just one of them side things. You get on a good day. What's the Bible say about it? And I want you to listen tonight to God's word. And I want you to listen to what he's got to say about joy and what he has to say. Now, let me say this before we start out. I'm still having trouble getting this across to believers. Um, our heavenly father is a faith God. He's a faith God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse six says this. <clears throat> the Bible says without faith, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he rewards people who do something, who seek him. Yes. He's a faith God. And if you're going to walk with him, you have to walk by faith. And uh, listen, listen to me. He responds to acts of faith. Yes. He, if you, to be saved, you have to do something by faith. And everything we receive comes by faith. Faith doesn't pay for it. The cross paid for it. Jesus died on the cross to give us everything we need. Faith is the hand that receives it. And if you're going to receive from him, you've got to learn this faith stuff. He's a faith God. And, and he, he blesses us by faith. Now, how many folks do I know that they're praying and awaiting and hoping? And he's waiting on you. It comes time we got to do something. It comes time you got to do something. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. All right, we're looking in the book of Timothy tonight. Uh, let me tell you about this young man. He was, he was a young fellow. He was sent as a pastor by his father in the faith. His father's name was Paul, father in the faith. Matter of fact, look at me in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2. To Timothy, a beloved son. He was his father in the faith. And he sent him to pastor this church. Let me do a little background here. This church is the church at Ephesus. 27 churches in the New Testament. Three of them were very large, and this is one of them. And this church would put a preacher in the grave in a heartbeat. This was a rough church to pastor. And he sends this young guy there. And uh, apparently, apparently somehow we don't have it, but apparently he wrote his father, Paul, a letter and say, and said, I really appreciate you sent me here, but I want out of here. And he told him, I want to get out of here. And he wrote him back and he said, you ain't going nowhere. And, he, and he, it's tough. It was a hard place he was in. Some people right now in a hard place. And uh, let me just, well, let me just, just touch on a little bit here. It was a very difficult place he was in. Uh, matter of fact, let me point this out. Look, look in chapter two, verse 14. Remind them, tell these people in this church, charge them before the Lord not to fight about words that are of no profit. And verse 16, stay away from profane idle discussions. They're ungodly. Verse 23, avoid foolish and ignorant arguments. And, and all through these two books, he talks about just the, how hard it is. And how difficult it is for him. Look back in 1 Timothy with me. Let me show you something here. In 1 Timothy, uh, he talks about how they've turned aside from the faith and their mess going on. And uh, verse, look in 1 Timothy 4.12. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example. So they're, they're making it hard telling you're too young to handle this thing. Looking down his nose. And uh, verse, look in verse, chapter 5, verse 13. They're learning to be idle, going about from house to house. They're gossip, they're busybodies. And he got to pastor these people. And matter of fact, it's so bad. Look with me in 1 Timothy chapter uh, 5, verse 23. No longer drink water. You need a little wine for what you're going through. <laughs> so now he's got ulcers. This church is so hard. They're fighting, they're arguing, they're rough on him. He's just a young guy and they're, they're rough on him. And, and, he, and now he says, you, you know, there's stomach problems you're getting from these people, this stress. You, you, need, you need prayer and wine. Wine and prayer makes a great combination. He said, you need both. So he, he says, you need to get out of here. Now listen to me, listen to me. He was overcome by what was going on around him. He was a Christian. This young man loved God. He was sincere. Matter of fact, in Philippians, he said this, I don't have anybody who sincerely cares about your condition except this young man. So he was a fine Christian young man. He loved God and he loved people, but what he was going through was about to kill him. It was just rough, rough circumstances. And so I, that's why he probably said, uh, I, I need a transfer. Well, matter of fact, if you want to see it, turn back to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy 1, he greets him. He says, I, I love you. Verse 3, as I urged you when I went into Macedonia, you stay right there where you're at. You stay in Ephesus. So that tells you he wanted out. He said, you're not going anywhere. You're going to stay right there where you're at. 
Uh, listen to me. This young man was living below his birthright as a believer. Now you listen to me. When Jesus died at the cross, he not only bought your eternal salvation, he brought your peace in this life too. Peace is a birthright of every child of God. You should live in perfect peace. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Listen to me. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, when it talks about where Jesus died for our sins, it also says this, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Jesus was whipped at the whipping post, not to save my soul from hell, but to save me from worry and despair in this life. He brought me peace through that. Listen, Jesus purchased my joy at the cross. Everything that's in the kingdom of God was, it was bought in the atonement at the cross. But a believer who's saved and going to heaven, but struggling and miserable and depressed and sad, they're living below their birthright. And this young man's living below what Jesus meant for him to live in. And so he's going to help him. Well, now this is not just to him. This is the word of God to you and me. And a lot of people are living here because of these tough things going on today. Let, let me point something out. I've quoted this before, Romans 14, 17. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Are you with me? It's what we do. The kingdom of God is not meeting and drink, eating and drinking. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So let me ask you a question. Where's the joy? Where's the joy that's supposed to be in us if we're in the kingdom of God? Where's the peace that passes understanding where we don't get bothered by anything? Where's the kingdom promise? Listen to Galatians 5, 22. The fruit of the spirit when God's working in your life is love and joy and peace. So where's the joy? Where's the peace? And if we don't have the peace of God and we don't have the joy of Jesus in our lives, we're not taking hold of everything that Jesus died to give us. Amen. All right. Now that, see, this is where a lot of people messed up with our preaching and our songs. We sing dumb songs like just a few more weary days and I'll fly away. Go and do it now. We're not supposed to live weary day. You show me in the Bible where believers are supposed to be weary and defeated and discouraged and, and sucking eggs. It's not in the Bible. The Bible teaches that your inheritance is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you something about this Holy Spirit guy. The, the outstanding mark that I can see of a believer is joy when the Holy Spirit's doing his thing. Let me quote to you from the book of Acts. And the disciples are filled with the Holy Spirit and joy. What always follows the Holy Spirit the visible joy that comes with it. Psalm 46, four says this, there is a river whose streams will make glad the city of God. Now I want to make an announcement. I don't know what kind of, what you've been taught or whatever, but your heavenly father does not want you sucking eggs and struggling along. He wants you walking in the joy of the Lord and living in that. And this young man, he was a good fella, fine fella, but he was just beat up by his circumstances. And uh, now I'm fixing to, I'm fixing to, I'm going to help you tonight. God's word is going to help you tonight. He thought it was his circumstances. And he thought, if I could just change my circumstances, then I could get rid of, I wouldn't be so upset and bothered and I could have happiness again. But you know what the word of God reveals to him? It's not your circumstances. It's not where you're at. It's something on the inside. I've had people say, if I could, if I could just had a husband that loved God, I'd be happy. Nope, marriages will bring your own happiness party. <laughs> you get you another and probably be worse than what you got. Can I get a witness? I know many persons wish that they'd stuck with number one while I'm getting out of my range there. <clears throat> we're convinced that, that because of what's going on around us is why we're so miserable. That's unscriptural. That's unbiblical. And so the Lord helps him out. I want you to look what his answer is. Turn back with me to 2 Timothy. All right, 2 Timothy is going to help him out. All right, look with me. He, he greets him. You know, he's in this tough place. He's already wrote him one letter and said, you ain't going nowhere. And he has to write him another one and watch what he says. He, he greets him. I love you. You're my son, yada, yada. And then he gets right straight to the point in verse six. Therefore, I remind you, stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Because God didn't give you that spirit of timidity or fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Bingo. What do he say right there? Your problem is not the trouble around you. Your problem is that you're neglecting the spirit of God inside of you. The, the, you don't need a new place. You need the spirit of God to break loose inside of you. Turn back with me to 1 Timothy chapter four. Look at verse 14. Do not neglect what? The gift that is in you. And he's speaking of the Holy Spirit. He said, Some, the problem is not that, that people are acting like idiots around you. Let me make an announcement for all of you in this room. People are gonna act like idiots on this earth till Jesus gets back. 
If you don't believe it, turn to chapter three and read verse one where it says, know this, in the latter days, stressful times will come because people are going to act like idiots. <laughs> read it, it's in there. And there was, you know, if we could just get them to do right, if I could just, no, no, the answer is inside of us. It's inside, he said, son said, you, you don't need a new anything. You need to stir up the gift of God that's in you. All right, listen to me. Here, Timothy made a request. Everybody's making this request. You know what he said? Heavenly Father, if you could just make my life easier. Make my life easier. You know what the Father's answer was? How about if I make you stronger? I'm preaching better than you amen in tonight. All right, listen to me. It, so many people, if they, if they, if they, Father said, listen, ain't no, if they, nothing. The answer's not for me to make it easy around you. The answer's for my strength to be in you. The answer's for the Spirit of God to flare up in you and to come alive in you and help you inside of you. Uh, let me make an announcement. Um, you can ask him all you want, but may I mention something to you out of Isaiah chapter 55, verses eight and nine. Your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. See, I want him to make y'all behave. Of course, I don't care now. I don't work for you anymore. I want him to make y'all behave. I want to make, I want everybody to do right. I want everybody to smile. I want everybody to love Jesus. I want everybody to be forgiven and merciful. I want, the, I want it to rain from two to 3 a.m. and in sunshine all day long. I start to say I want the Panthers to win, but I don't care whether they do or not. I want all, everybody wants all this stuff out here. Then when God's answers in here, God's answers for the spirit of God to come alive inside of you. Then joy, if joy is hinged on what's outside of you and what's going on around you, you're going to be sucking eggs for a long time on this planet. It's got to come from the inside out. It's got to come from the spirit of God inside. Can you see what he told him? Second Timothy chapter one, he said to him, you better stir up the gift that's in you. It's in him. It's in you. Is anybody here born again? Yeah. Spirit of God's inside of you then. He's in there. And uh, let, let's go a little further here. He said, well, well tell him to, if he wants me to, to have this joy, tell him, sock it to me. I'm ready. <laughs> go ahead. I'm waiting. He's a faith God. Yes. You have to do something first. He responds to what you do. And it, it has to be every day. Has, yeah, listen, you start, can you look with me? Are you in first? I don't know where I'm at here. Over here in Exodus. All right, second Timothy. I remind you, verse six, I remind you, son. You know what that, that tells me? He done been reminded one time before and he forgot it. I remind you, stir up. Now, what is the gift of God? It's the Holy Spirit of God. The very Holy, listen to me. Let me, I need to connect with you right here. If you're born again, if you're truly born again, the Spirit of God's inside of you. The same power that raised Jesus' dead body from the grave is inside of you right now. Amen. Very God is in you right now. Let that sink down. You, we don't have no Holy Ghost Junior. The very God that raised Jesus from the dead is in me right now. Listen to me. All the joy of God is in here right now. Because in thy presence is fullness of joy. All the peace that is Jesus. When Jesus is in that boat in the storm, he slept right through the storm. That's in you right now. If the Spirit's in you, it's in you. All the love's inside of you. Everything God is, is right inside of you right now. So how come it ain't doing me no good? Same reason it wasn't doing him no good. So what'd he tell him? You got it in you, but you're gonna have to stir it up. You're gonna have to do something. It's on your part. You've got to do something. And you stir it up very, all, all the hope in the world's inside of you. It is, but it's not helping you. It doesn't matter if God Almighty is right here in your heart. It will help you a bit until, and this is what he's teaching this young man, until, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it again. I'm gonna say it over and over. Kingdom life is a faith life and you're always having to do something, an act of faith to cause things to happen. And then listen to me. When you act, he responds, but we have to act first. He's given you his word. He's told you what to do. Now he's waiting on you. And he said, young man, he said, I'm not going to rest you out of that situation. I can't make it happen. You do this and watch what happens. And this was the simple act of faith. All right, you and I have a promise from heaven and it's real. This isn't preacher talk. This isn't, this isn't, uh, this isn't that artificial stuff. We have a promise of divine strength in this life. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll, we have a promise of divine strength all through the Bible. But I have to do something to experience it. I want to, I want to teach you something. Turn with me to the book of Nehemiah. See if you can find Nehemiah. Shortest man in the Bible. 
Nehemiah. See if you can find Nehemiah in there somewhere. All right, now maybe you've heard this verse, but most folks miss the teaching here. Let me show you something here. In the book of Nehemiah, we have a promise of divine strength. And I'm going to say it again. It is not your father's will or way to get you out of a mess. It's his desire to get in the mess with you and cause you to shine in the mess. Could he have delivered the three Hebrew boys from being thrown in that furnace? Could he have stopped it? How come he let him get thrown in there? You know what's more fun than getting rescued from the furnace? Having Jesus standing there glowing with you in it. What do you think that's all about? Do you think he could have kept Daniel from being thrown in that lion's den? Sure he could. Why did he let him get thrown in that lion's den? You know what's more fun than not getting thrown in the lion's den? Get thrown in there and sleep on one of them presence and power of God. I'd rather have the spirit of God with me in a mess than to have nothing going on and him not there. We, we, we got to change our thinking. Listen, we got we to renew our minds. Renew our, I hear people pray all the time. You know what I hear? Get me out of this mess. You got to change your way of thinking. You got to start praying, getting this mess with me. Thank you. Amen. One amen. That's all I got out of that. I ain't got much longer. Y'all got to learn this stuff. I don't want my new pastor to get here and call me in three or four weeks and say, didn't you teach him nothing? I want y'all to learn this stuff now. All right, look, look with me in the book of Nehemiah. Let me teach you. Let me, let me explode some of your religion here. Nehemiah chapter eight. Nehemiah chapter eight. Can I ask you a question? Any heaviness and sorrow and struggle going on in our nation right now? Every place I look, every place I look, believers worried, upset about what's going on. All right, this is the, where they found themselves right here. They're upset about something and they're sorrowful. Um, and the people were crying and they were suffering because of what was going on. They're going through a bad place. I want to take with me verse nine. Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord. Now just stop right there. You ever heard that word? Holy. You ever heard that word holy? You may have heard holy. Yeah. Uh, when I started going to church years ago, preachers would talk about holy, but they'd say, holy, holy. They'd shake. Big fat preachers would shake, holy, and they'd all, they'd all shake. And I, I'd watch sermons, God is holy. And I thought, I don't know what holy meant, but it didn't sound good. I'm serious. I'm, I'm not, I'm, this is one of those words we have butchered in the church. We don't know the meaning of it. Holy to us means stiff. Don't move. Where'd you get that from? Let me show you what the word holy means. Watch what he said in verse nine. Let's read it again. Nehemiah, Ezra, the priest scribe said, this day is holy to the Lord, your God. Do not mourn and weep. What do you not do on a holy day? You don't mourn on a holy day. You don't weep. You're not sad where there's holiness. You can't be mourning and sad. You say, brother Brian, it's a holy day. Well, I need to quit crying then and quit mourning and weeping. Here's the great verse. Verse 10, they said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions to those for whom nothing's prepared. This day is holy to the Lord. Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Connect those two words. Demons, if when you think of holy, you don't think of joy, you don't know the meaning of holy. You know, holy meant religious, stiff. That's not what holy means. Holy means joy. Every time you, listen, holiness in the Bible is joy. And there's two words you need to think of when you think of holy. One is joy and the other is beauty. So I never thought of holiness as being beautiful. Then why does the Bible say, worship the Lord in the beauty? All right, a lady sent me a beautiful picture today and it was looking out across our mountain, North Carolina mountains. Nothing man touched. No building, no road, nothing. I'm looking at how God made those mountains and the sunset. You know what, you know what you call that? You say, that's beautiful. That's holiness. God's beauty is holiness. And it's anytime you think of holiness, you think of joy. That's why he said, you can't be sorrowful on a holy day. You got to be joyful on a holy day because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Let's go a little bit further. Well, now look, verse 10, perhaps you've heard this. Let me just stop a second. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Tell me what the strength of God is. What is it? It's joy. It was joy is strength. What happens if you don't have joy? Come on, this ain't hard. What happens if you lose your joy? Lose your strength. He's promised us Holy Spirit strength, but it's in the joy of the Lord. All right, but watch what they did. Read with me in verse 12. And all the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions, and to what? Rejoice greatly because they understood the words that God spoke to them. 
right, you got all these people, they're depressed, they're sad, they're crying because bad things, and were, terrible things were going on. And they, their circumstances had brought depression on them and sadness. He said, well, well, you can't do that. You can't be sad. This is a holy day. Don't sorrow. You need to rejoice because the joy of the Lord, your strength. How'd they leave that place? Rejoicing greatly with great joy because they understood what God was saying to them. So Brother Brown, I, 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 don't, I just don't believe in all that joy stuff. Then you don't believe in Jesus. And you, let me make an announcement. If you don't like joy, you better not go to heaven. What do you think it meaneth? Meaneth, you know, meaneth is means. In Psalm 1611, in thy presence is fullness of joy. Guess what you can find in heaven? Where's the great passage on holiness in the Bible? Does anybody know? Revelation chapters four and five. Don't look at it. Let me just quote it. where it describes his throne. Now listen to this. And around his throne, day and night, they do not cease singing. Does anybody know? Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. They're singing it all the time. You think it's stiff and religious around the throne of God? You go read them two chapters. It's the picture inside the throne of God. You know what you see? They're singing and hollering. It's, it's, it's violent. It's, they're falling down. There's crowns flying across the room. You better duck. It, it's just the greatest celebration of praise and glory to God and hallelujah. And what are the angels calling that the whole time? Holy, holy, holy. I've seen people stand up, you know, back when we had them choirs, back when men were wearing dresses. No wonder they used to say it. You know, men up there in them choir robes, up there wearing them dresses. They're going, holy, holy. I'm thinking. And you wonder why nobody comes to your church. Dear ones, the holiness of God is pure joy. And he said, do not be sorrowful. This day's holy unto the Lord. Celebrate. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And uh, this, this is where we find out that Listen to me, the, the beauty of God is in joy. And uh, people say, well, you know, some people are just happy. You need to be one of them. Amen. Listen, when a man ain't got no job, he can say what he wants to. Can I get a witness? All right. Can I, can I just appeal to you? If the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, what's going on in our churches? Where's the joy? Where's the peace where people just get along and, 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 and people not upset and toe up? You know what toe up is, don't you? That's Southern Alamance for <clears throat> bereaved. Where's the joy? If the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Where? On earth, the way it is in heaven. You think you go up to heaven, they sit around crabbing? Are they complaining? Got Xanax in heaven? Are they depressed? What's going on in heaven right now? Just a celebration of joy and grace. What do you think it means? Thy will be done here. As it, who told you to pray that? Let me tell you something. We need, to, we need to be retaught on what we think God Almighty's like. He's not mad. He's not stern. There's a celebration around his throne all the time. And if that's what's going on in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. Until you learn to walk in the joy of Jesus, you're going to struggle on this earth because you're going to need something coming up in the days ahead. All righty. Now, let me point something out here, but you have to make it happen. You can't, you don't need to go anywhere. You have to make it happen. This is what he told this young man. You've lost your joy because of what's going on around you. You better get it back. And, and, and uh, I'm not going to pull you out of that mess. I want you in that mess. We, we have got to learn this thing. My father's not near as interested in getting me out of a mess as he is in getting his spirit alive in me. 90% of our prayer requests are get me out of this mess when they ought to be getting this mess with me. I ain't getting many amens tonight. Turn me to Philippians chapter four. Let's learn how. I got to learn you how. I love the book of Philippians. Let me tell you why. This man is, he is in more trouble than I've ever been in in my life. He's been arrested. He's been lied about. He's got a death sentence on him. All the work, he's been a, he's been a minister for 35 years now. 35 years has been pouring his life into people and people are out lying about him and wrecking his churches and tearing his churches up and he can't get out and do anything about it. If you could paint a picture where a man is in a bad place, he's in it, but you take this book and you squeeze it like a dish rag and joy just runs out of it. And you know, what's the message here? I don't care what kind of mess you in, you can be full of the joy of Jesus no matter what's going on around you. That is the message of heaven. And uh, you might as well forget him moving your mother-in-law out. She's there forever. And she's going to live to be 105. 
Why, are, why do we struggle so hard to find a comfortable life instead of a spirit life where the spirit of God does his thing? All right, I want you to look with me about the how. Let's put in Philippians. Now, now this man is in a difficult place. I want you to look at this verse. You've heard it before, but do not glance over. Let me tell you something. Be real careful with verses you're familiar with. You tend to glance over and think, I know that. You think you know everything God knows yet. Go real slow with them verses to say, is there something else you want to show me in here? You'd be surprised what his spirit show you in here. All right, rejoice in the Lord when everything's hunky-dory. Verse four, rejoice in the Lord when everybody's happy, everything going good. What's the word always mean? Always. Now let's just pause for a second here. Does that mean when things are going wrong around me? Does that mean when I don't feel good? Does that mean when I'm in the dark and I don't understand what's going on? Does that mean when I can't get no answers? Somebody tell me what the word always means. Demons, listen to me. We need to start doing what the man says. Let me teach you something here. Let me help you with this. Do you know what rejoicing is? Somebody tell me the root of the word rejoice. Rejoice. It's joy. Now, let let me help you understand something here. To celebrate after the joy comes and when everything's right, that's not rejoicing. That's enjoying. You know what rejoicing is? Rejoicing is when you celebrate before the joy comes. Nothing has to happen. You happen. Let me define rejoicing for you. To rejoice is to make joy happen. To rejoice is to cause joy to happen. It's when you make it happen. You you can just be feeling terrible. Everything around you a mess. Upset, nervous, scared. And you say, I'm tired of living like this. I want to live in the joy of Jesus. You don't have to wait. Then you make joy happen. I'm I'm fixing to go deep here. You ready? Joy is a choice. It's got to be. How can he tell me to do it all the time if it's not a choice? Now, see, we've been taught all our lives the great lie. Well, if things are going good, I'll have happy. And, and, you know, we had a good service and the spirit of God was moving. That makes me happy. And, and the, you know, the preacher didn't name my sin. That makes me real happy right there. And, and we've been lied to. We think that if I feel good and everything's going good, I'll have joy. Why did he tell you to rejoice? You make it happen. You stir it up. You do it. And, and let me make an announcement. You can do it anytime you want to. Anytime you want to, to rejoice. All right. I want you to, look, to think back. You don't have to look back. Second Timothy 1, 6, what did he tell you to do? Stir up the gift of God that's within you. All the joy in the world's right here, right now. Yes. All the peace in the world's right here, right now. But I got to stir it up. Greek word, anaparesio. And some Bibles say this, kindle. Kindle the gift of God that's within you. You understand that? There was very gods inside of me all the time. The absolute overflowing joy of Jesus. I mean, have a spell, scream and holler is in me all the time. But I got to do something to release it. Uh, Watchman Nee wrote a great book called The Release of the Spirit. And uh, as you got to, what, what, what does Kindle remind you of? A fire that has died down. All right, let, let me, uh, I'll paint you a picture of this. Katie and I first got married a long time ago. We lived in an old farmhouse down near Siler City and had no heat in it at all. Had a big wood stove right in the sitting room. Bedroom's off this way, kitchen over here, another room. This, it just had a big wood stove. And that thing would heat that sucker up. Of course, I had 300 acres, so I had all the wood I needed. And I'd, I'd heat that thing up and we'd get it roaring and we'd be warm because she likes it warm. And, and uh, back then I weighed about 900 pounds. I didn't like it as much as she did, but she liked it warm. Well, you know, we'd load that wood stove up at night and then we'd go to bed. Well, you know what happened during the night? That thing dies down. Wake up in the morning, it's cold in the house. Guess which one of us got up first? It's cold in the house. <coughs> All right, let me, let me tell you what we did. There was no thermostat. We didn't have a thermostat back then. It was just, barely had enough gas for our Model A. This was a long time ago back then. So I'd get up and I'd go in there and that stove was cool. It was a little, little warm, but it, was, it had died down. It had kindled down. Right, I'd open the doors and I'd see just a few little red coals right there. And then I'd get sad. Well, it felt so good in here yesterday. I wish it felt now like it felt back then. Are you with me? It used to be Pentecostal. I wish it felt now like it did back then. And uh, so you know what I'd do? I'd open them doors and I'd sit there and I'd stare at them coals and I'd wait for it to, to get that feeling again. I'd just sit there and wait for that fire to come back. I wanted that feeling so bad. And I'd just sit there and wait for something to happen. And guess what happened? God must have died. I guess his word don't work no more. No, 
And, and listen, I thought, said, well, let me try something else. I'll pray for that feeling to come back. <laughs> Lord Jesus, fill this house with your warmth. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, what I see on TV, I tried everything I saw every evangelist ever do. Didn't do a bit of good. You know, I'm being silly here. What's the only thing that's going to get that house warm again? I had to take that tool and pile them coals up, put that little splinter wood on it, and then put some bigger wood. And listen to me. I set them doors just right so that the wind would blow over it just right. And boy, a little flame would come up for long and then it'd get to going and then I'd set them doors and it'd blow and that thing would get to roar and then I'd put bigger wood on it. Pretty soon I had that thing red, had it warm. I'd holler to mama, you can get out of the bed now. <laughs> and she'd always come in there and she'd back up to it. One time, one time she backed up too far and singed her tail feathers, which that can happen once in a while. <laughs> we just have the best time. You can just want, but listen, who caused that thing to flare up? God didn't do it. I did it. Now, I wasn't the heat. I wasn't the, I wasn't the warmth, but I'm the one that had to make it happen. You know what that's called? I kindled that fire up. I, I did it. What do you tell Timothy? You better kindle up the gift that's in you. Just as, just as surely as I could take a little bit of kindling and set the drafts just right and get that thing blazing again so that we could have that warmth, you can do the same thing with the Holy Spirit inside of you anytime you want to. He said, he said, the answer is not for you to have an easier life. The answer is for you to have the spirit of God roaring inside of you. All right, uh, let, me, let me tell you where that fire. Do you remember in Matthew chapter three where somebody asked John the Baptist said, are you the Messiah? He said, I'm not even close. He said, I wouldn't even be worthy to unlatch his boots or his sandal strap. He said, but when he has come, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and, and what? Xanax? Pudding? Fire. Why did God call the Holy Spirit fire? To warm our hearts. But there's a fire inside. He's in here. Spirit of God's inside of you. Inside every one of us. Waiting to be what? I'm going to say it again. Our God's a faith God. He's waiting on you. It is your act of faith that causes him to respond. The Spirit of God to respond to what you're doing. And uh, this is where we've got to... Here, let me turn my page. We've got to stir up the gift of God that's inside of us like that. All right. uh, Let me give you another picture here. You got to do something to get it going. All right. Anybody, y'all own cars. Does your car have a motor in it? Listen to me. Your car's got two motors in it. Don't look at me funny. Your car's got two motors in it. It's got a big motor and a little motor. Ask a mechanic. It's got a big motor and a little motor. The big motor is the one that turns the wheels. There's a little motor in there about that big. And it's called the starter motor. Sometimes we just call them starters. That is, it's a motor. It's an electric motor. <clears throat> now listen to me. It sets right at the flywheel and you'll hit, turn the switch which sends an electrical charge to it and that makes that motor turn, electrical motor turn, which then causes the big, the big motor can't start by itself. Is there a mechanic in here? Am I telling the truth? Well, one said, yeah, that's all right, I guess. All right. But that little motor engages and it makes that big motor get going. Listen to me. Then once that big motor gets going, you drive motor, that little motor turns off and disengages the shaft and it just sits there. But you cannot get your big motor going without that little motor. Am I telling the truth? Now in the old days, we used to just push them off and jump start them, but you can't do that now with these modern cars. Dear ones, you got the spirit of almighty God inside of you that could do every, give you everything you need, but he's not going to crank himself. You got to stir up the gift of God within you and you're going to have to do it. And you're going to have to... Uh, <laughs> Anytime you want to, you could be filled with the joy of Jesus. You could have the peace of God anytime you want it, but you have to do something. All right. There's a, there's a progression. There's a progression in this thing. Let me show you the progression. Turn with me to Psalm 118. Psalm 118. Then this is so simple. I don't know. I read these books that are coming out on Christianity these days, 92 ways to, to get the demons off your dishes. They make my head hurt. We have made this thing so complicated it's not complicated. Dear ones, we need to get back to the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus. And just don't, don't complicate me. You make my head hurt. All right, let me show you the progression. There is a progression. Watch this. Well, Brother Brian, you can't be happy every day. Now, you keep believing that. All right, look with me. Psalm 118, verse 24. Perhaps you've heard this verse before. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, see if you see something in there. Is gladness the will of God for my life? If I'm wrong, look at it and tell me. 
Then was the will of God is that you be glad. What day? This day. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So listen to me. I give you permission to enjoy your life big time right in the middle of a mess and be glad every day. Guess where I can get it from? Then was, he hath made me glad. But now watch the progression. Right, this, this day means any day you want to. Watch the progression. I will rejoice and be glad. You know how a man gets glad? How do you get glad? Back up. How do you get glad? You rejoice. You make joy happen. What's the word in front of rejoice? Is it feel or is it will? By an act of my will, when I don't feel nothing, I start rejoicing and before long I'll be glad. You know what that's called? Faith. That's faith. Jesus died and bought the, his very joy is inside of me. But he's not going to force me to be saved. I got to want to be. He's not going to force me to have peace. If I want to be tore up, he's not going to force me. He's not going to force me to have his joy either. I got to do something. And, and can you see the progression? Oh, what does it mean? This is the day. It means any day you want to. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. You start out with your will, not your feel, your will. Not your feel, your will. We got to get off his feeling stuff. We, we respond to the word of God by our wills. And I, will means choose. And I choose to rejoice. Now, let me make an announcement. We're living in days where you don't need to do that little minor league mess. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Son, you've got to come out. You've got to come out to shoot hollering these days. I will rejoice. I, I don't get out of bed before I start every morning. And I come out singing and praising God and celebrating. And you know, it's sort of, sort of like that old, well, I told you about a Studebaker truck when I was a boy. Does anybody know what a Studebaker is? Well, you young people know what they are. Any old Studebaker truck, it was called Old Blue. And uh, mama, we'd get in the back, mama would drive us to the store. Well, it wouldn't crank half the time, you know. And the daddy say, no sense spending money on a new starter. I got all you youngins can push it. So we'd, she'd turn it around and she'd put it in second gear and turn on the switch. And we youngins, we'd push and she'd pop the clutch and it'd come to life. She said, y'all get in. We'd jump in, we'd go to the store. That's how we traveled when we was young. What a perfect picture of stirring up the gift of God that's within you. You ever have a morning where you just can't get going? You ever have a day where there's just a heaviness on you? Sitting around waiting on somebody to come tow you. <laughs> Jumpstart yourself. Jesus is good. Hallelujah. I was going to hell, but I'm going to live now. Praise God for his goodness and grace. I got plenty to eat. Folks would love to have what I got to eat. I got somebody to love me. I'm old. I got a birthday card today. It said, you're at that strange place in your life. You're older than dirt, but you're still above it. I thought that's pretty good right there. <laughs> I got a lot to be thankful for. I'm older than dirt, but I'm still above it. That's a good day. And you just begin to be, begin, listen to me, listen to me. You begin to stir up the gift of God within you and you enter his gates with thanksgiving. And listen, you gotta, you gotta, sometimes this, this thing will get in your head and say, you look like an idiot. I tell him, well, I'm gonna be a happy idiot. No, you, no, you don't look like an idiot. You know what you, well, I ain't got no job anyway. You, what you gonna do, fire me? You know what the deal is? You, you uh, I'm not, I'm not even going to be that ugly. Don't worry about looking like an idiot. Don't worry about it. And I begin to praise God and everything inside my head will go, this is so stupid. I say, yeah, but it's fixing to be so much fun. You know what this is called? Have faith in God. Honor his word. Do it. He will always respond to your faith if you will stir up the gift of God that's within you and celebrate. Now, let me, let me tell you something. I, I make it happen. I do it. And I've been experimenting with this because, you know, I was raised in, I got saved and then I got to a certain camp and they, 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 they were as sad as John MacArthur. I'm always just sad about everything, just mad about everything and grouchy and grumpy. And I think they thought the more spiritual you were, the sadder you're supposed to look. Look real serious, you know, it's real. I couldn't find that in the Bible anywhere. And I decided I've had enough of this stuff. And uh, I think there's a reason he said, don't be drunk with wine, be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know why you don't need to be drunk with wine? Because it's nasty. No, you get full of Jesus, you don't need it no more. All right, and I decided I'm going to see what the Bible says about this. And I decided I'm going to experiment. I got an office behind my house out at the edge of the woods, and I'll go out there some days just to purposely, that means on purpose, just to purposely experiment with this. And I got, a, got my pen in there, got my guitar in there, and uh, I'll just, I'll say, I am going to sing till I whip myself into a plum Holy Ghost frenzy, and then, get, and then I'm going to sing some more and just see how far we can go. I do that sometimes and I'll just have the best time. I'll start off singing. What a friend we have in Jesus. 
I can dance out there. Nobody's watching. And I'll sing through that. And then I'll just take off of singing and just have the best time. And you don't have to worry about whether people are listening or not, whether you're doing it right or not. We're making melody in our heart unto the Lord. And I'll just sing and have, and then I'll start writing verses, you know, putting them in there and just, and just get to sing it. And then I'll get to holler and having the best time. And you right here, right here, you just feel it bubble up right inside of you here. And the, the joy of Jesus just starts rising up within you. Well, listen, don't stop then. Bring it all. Keep coming, man. Keep coming. We're living in tough days. And I just kid, just keep it coming till they just flump. You just pop your top off. That's something I know to put it. theological term, pop your top off, you know, <laughs> filled with the Holy Spirit. But you know what? I didn't wait for him to do that. I did that. I stirred up the gift of God within me. And then you get all stirred up and all excited and then you're ready to go face everybody. I wouldn't no more go out of the house without being filled with the Holy Ghost and I'd go out without my britches in the morning. You understand what I'm saying here? (laughs) We're living in a difficult day. And and listen, you don't have to have an office out behind your house. You can do this in the car on the way to work. But you ain't gonna do it listening to talk radio. No wonder you're suicidal. You ain't gonna do it listening to talk radio. Turn that mess off and start singing. Can I get a witness? And don't sing that opera, religious stuff. Oh, I was done. Don't do that. You're going to get even more depressed doing that stuff. Rear back and sing, son. I mean, sing your heart out to the Lord and just keep doing it. Say, well, I've been doing it about 40 seconds. Ain't nothing happened yet. You was way down in the hole. We got a long way to go to get you up here. Son, listen, God tells the truth. His word is true. You stir him up, he'll blaze up. As the scripture says, he'll just plumb blaze right up in you. And just, y'all, spare, listen, experiment with this. See if God tells the truth. And you say, well, Brother Brown, I did it yesterday. And all gone by, by the next morning, it's all gone. Yeah. Why do you think it's called daily bread? You know, I'd build that fire and have it so hot that the stove would be plumb red. Next morning, it'd be just plumb cold. Guess what you do? Sell the sucker. No, you stir it up again. <laughs> All righty. But now listen to me. What about, I said, Brother Biden, but we're living in difficult days. What do you think this is for? Yeah, man, th- th- this is what it's for. Yeah. Poor, poor young Timothy, just a young man going through a difficult time. He said, I'm not getting you out of your mess. I'm getting in there with you, but you got to stir it up. And he stirred the gift of God up within him. There was, let, me, let me help you with the days that are coming. Turn with me to 1 Peter. You know, 1 Peter is where we talk about the days that are coming. 1 Peter. If you wait till you feel like it, you, you ain't never going to get nowhere. You got to act on God's word whether you feel like it or not, which is called faith. How many of you always feel like going to work when you get up in the morning? Well, you go anyway, don't you? If you wait till you feel like celebrating, you ain't going to never do it. Now you're going to get to heaven, but it's going to be a rough ride. I got a friend of mine, we argue about this all the time. I said, fine, fine. We're going to end up in the same place. We're going to both get to heaven, but I'm going to fly first class and you're going to be hanging out on the wing. You're going to look like crap by the time you get there is what it's going to be. <laughs> Dudes, might as well enjoy the ride. What do you reckon? And celebrate on the way. Turn me to 1 Peter. Let me show you something. I love this right here. 1 Peter 1, verse 7. Watch this. That the genuineness of your faith being more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire. What do you think it means tested by fire? We're in those days. May be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus. Verse eight, whom having not seen you love. How many, has anybody ever seen Jesus? Amen. No, but do you love him? Yes. Having not seen you love him, though now you don't see him, yet believing you do what? You rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. They were going through the most difficult place, a trial by fire. And he said, you love Jesus? We hadn't seen him yet. But what did he say? You rejoice in him with great joy and, and celebrate right in the middle of your mess. And this whole, this whole book, let me show you one more there. Chapter four, look in chapter four with me. Chapter four, verse 12 says this. I'm fixing to bust some of y'all, watch this. Well, I'm, I'm gonna be nice about it. First Peter four twelve, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. Stop right there. You know what Christians are telling me today? Brother Brian, this sure is strange what's going on, isn't it? What do you tell you right there? Don't think it's strange when you go through tough times. Don't think it's strange when you go through these fire trials. Did you not know they were coming? Though happened to you, verse 13, but do what? Get some medication. What's the next verse? What does verse 13 say? But get medication, get drunk, whine and moan, get on Oprah. What's it tell you to do? Rejoice. 
When you're going through these difficult times, rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering. When his glory is revealed, you may also be what? Now, when Christ comes back, you'll be glad. Listen to me. I'm warning y'all. I'm warning y'all. Don't let Jesus come back and catch you moaning. What does that verse say right there? You're going through a hard time, going through a trial, rejoice so that when he comes back, you're glad about it. And you see the gladness that's in you. This is all through the Bible. This, uh, <clears throat> we got to set, we got to settle this stuff. Quit hoping things get better. Amen. You need to quit worrying about things getting better. You need to concentrate on getting fuller. Amen. Listen to this one. Let me throw that. If I ain't enough for you, let me throw this in there. When we look, I'll just throw it out here. James chapter one, verse two. Count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into bare trials. What's the first thing you ought to do when things go crazy around you? Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And if it bothers people on the outside, just do it on the inside. Just do it on the inside. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing, because you know something they don't know. You know something they don't know. And you celebrate. I'm telling you, if we don't learn to rejoice in the fire, we're going to get blown over in these days. Now, a lot of people think, well, joy is no big deal. It is the big deal for what's coming. The joy of the Lord is the strength that's going to sustain us in these days that are coming. And here's what I love about it. When I began to see this in the word of God, I began to realize I don't have to let this world tell me what to do. And I don't have to wake up and ask my, I don't ask how I feel. I tell myself how you're going to feel. I can do this anytime I want to. And just, we used to call, I, I did used to be in Pentecostal church. <clears throat> don't tell nobody. But we, you know, what we used to call it then having a spell. We used to call it having a spell. Well, the Bible calls it being filled with the Holy Spirit. And we'd have church. We, you know, we came for one purpose. We're going to get happy in the Lord. And you're lucky. You them people get happy. Them old people get happy. You're lucky you didn't get hurt. If they get to dancing around, I'm going to run over you in there and have the best. We have gotten so sophisticated in our churches and so polished and so deep. And so we know everything. We need to throw down and have an old time hallelujah shouting fits what we need to get back to and celebrate. And uh, I, I'd rather be ignorant and happy than sophisticated and depressed. Can I get a witness? We need to change some of our some sophistication for some joy. Uh, you know what happens? Dear, when a difficult time comes, let's learn to say this. Praise God for another chance to prove that his word works. It worked in the last one. It'll work in this one. Listen, this world will be standing when everything else is gone. It'll work. All right, now let me, I'm going to quit by saying this. In every situation you face, and you're going to face it. You're going to make decisions all day long. Every situation you face, you're going to do one of five things. And it, let me give you the scriptures on all of them. Number one, in everything that comes on, good, bad, or ugly, you're going to choose to do one of five. I love that word, choose. 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 You get to choose. You're going to choose to think about it. I'm going to sit here and think about this thing. And you're going to get in your head. And you're going to think about this thing. You're going to think. You're going to go round and round the mirror in your head. You're going to think about it. That's dumb. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's, that's, I should have said that's not good. You know why you shouldn't be thinking about stuff going on? Proverbs 3 says this. You trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. The answer's not in your head. What you doing in there? Number two. Number one, you're going you're to think about what's going on and get in trouble. Number two, you're going to ask yourself how you feel. That's even dumber than thinking. Feelings are fickle. One day I feel wonderful. One day I feel terrible. One day I feel like hugging you. The next day I feel like slapping you. Can I get a witness? I got no control over my feelings. God's word never changes. Amen. Truth never changes. I love, y'all know who Reba is? Not, not Reba Rambo, the Christian. I'm talking about the country singer Reba. Reba McIntyre. She writes some of the greatest Christian songs. I don't know if you knew this or not. She wrote one of the greatest songs and she starts out singing old hymns. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. I'll never forget the place I was when how great thou art first brought me to my knees. And she said, now I'm going through a dark place, but who he was then is who he is now. And if I can sing it then, I can sing it now. And it's a great song about yesterday when everything was hunky-dory and shining, he was wonderful, and today things are rough, but he is who he is today is who he was yesterday. My feelings may change, but he never changes. And if I could sing it then, praise God, I can sing it now. And we need to quit living by our feelings so when I feel like it, I will. You ain't never going to feel like it. We got to start walking by faith and not by sight and saying he hadn't changed. <laughs> well, the day was cloudy and I said to somebody, the sun's out today, isn't it? And they said, you lost your mind. I said, no, he's there. It's just something standing in the way of it. He's where he was yesterday. You just got something blocking him. There was, let me tell you something. Jesus is who he always is. 
good days, bad days, so you might as well celebrate and rejoice no matter what. And if, if for no other reason, you just hack the devil off when he can't stop you. Number three, number three, you're going to wait and hope and wish. We're hoping and awaiting. Quit waiting, go do something. Quit waiting on something to happen and stir the gift of God up within you. Now there's a time to wait on the Lord, but then there's a time to get something going. I could have sat and waited on that stove that got warm. We'd have both died from frostbite. I stirred that thing up. Quit waiting and stirred up. And number four, I hope this don't, uh, I hope this don't hurt your feelings. You can get together with your friend and y'all can discuss it. Get on the phone, call somebody and talk about it. Uh, <laughs> there ain't nothing dumber than two people in the dark trying to decide something. When things are going on and, and it's difficult and we're upset and things and there's war going on, people are acting crazy and it's all done. It's foolish to talk to people. You know what you got there? You know what Jesus said about that? Matthew 15, 13. You got the blind leading the blind there. And if the blind lead the blind, they get in the ditch. What's the fifth thing you're going to do? Praise God. You're going to rejoice. You're going to celebrate. Celebrate right in the middle of your mess. Start. I'm real big on this praise God stuff. It's the answer. You won't find the answer in your head. You're not going to find it with your friend. You're not going to find it in your feelings. You're going to find it in the Holy Spirit of God. And you praise your way and you celebrate. Now I want to ask, I want to ask one last question. Philippians 4.4, 4, Paul, Paul wrote to me and he said, and Jesus spoke to me through him and said, rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going to say it again, rejoice. And then he goes on to say this, don't worry about nothing. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Listen to this great promise. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Let me point something out. You'll never have the peace of God till you give up having to understand. That's why it's called the peace that passes all understanding. And so brother Brown, I'm just trying to understand. You ain't gonna never have the peace of God. You ain't gonna understand it. Do you, does anybody understand anything going on in this land today? I've decided that I'll let Jesus work it out. I'm just gonna celebrate his goodness. All right, now let me ask you a question. The man that told me to rejoice in the Lord always, you think he practiced what he preached? How many of you think he practiced what he preached? If you don't practice, if I don't live out there, what I'm talking about up here, that's foolish. You go in my house, as soon as you walk in the door, there's a picture hanging right there. And it's a picture of an old farmhouse and underneath it says, home is where you have to live, what you like to preach about. Guess who put that up there? This stuff needs to work. Are you with me? This, this book needs to work in our lives and it will. All right, let's see if this man practiced what he preached. I'm going to take you by, I'll just quote it to you. In Acts chapter 13, they're having a prayer meeting and the spirit of God spoke and said, I want Paul and Barnabas to go on a trip and y'all go out and preach around different places. And they were sent out by the Holy Spirit and everything was going good for a few chapters. At chapter 16, they got to a place <clears throat> called Philippi, but where Philippians come from. They got to a place called Philippi and they were, they were good men doing what they were told to do, preaching and everything went wrong. They didn't do nothing wrong, but everything went wrong. And the people turned against them. They criticized them. They lied about them. You ever been lied about? They lied about them. They grabbed them, took them to the authorities, tied them to the whipping post, beat them, put them in jail. Not talking about our nice jails. It's a Mamertine prison there in Rome. Put them in jail, sitting in raw sewage, your back's bleeding, got your feet in stocks, dark. That's the man who said rejoice always. You think he practiced what he preached? Verse 25 says, and at midnight, at the darkest hour, Paul and Silas are praying and singing hymns to God. Well, let's learn something. That man practiced what he preached. That, listen, then when the Bible is God talking to you, teaching you. And here he, he's hurting. You ever been hurting? How many of you ever been in the dark? Nothing made sense. I mean, you can't figure nothing out. You done hurt your head trying. You ever laid, laid in the bed at night and had your head go round and round? That's dumb. You know, it's dumber than that. Get up first thing in the morning and fellowship with your problems over a cup of coffee and keep thinking about them. That's dumb. And in the dark, he hadn't done nothing wrong. No sense in me. Why are they treating me like this? He was hurting. <laughs> and, and everything just blew all to pieces. What'd he do? Paul, he said, Silas, you remember this dark edit? He said, Silas, you over? He said, where else would I be? You want to talk about this? There wasn't no sense talking about it then. And no sense questioning God. You know what he did? He said, sing with me. And he began to sing and he began to praise God and worship God and glorify God. Did something happen? If you know the story, did something happen? Look right here. When did it happen? After he obeyed what he wrote. I'm telling you, he's a God of faith. You got to do something first. 
But when that man in that jail began to praise God and worship God in the dark and in his pain and in his suffering and in his, in his, in his entrapment, when he began to praise God, something happened. Dear ones, he's waiting on you. He's, we ought to be the praisingest machines that ever breathe fresh air. We ought to celebrate and have a big time. And he did exactly what he said he'd do to celebrate the goodness of God. All right, I'm done. But let me tell you something. Then nothing you'll ever face in your, you're not going to understand what's going on. Sometimes you will, some, most of the time you won't. And you're not going to stand this nation anymore. I think it's over my humble, my, my humble self. In my humble opinion, from scripture, I believe we've reached the end of the road and everything's happening just like he said it would. Well, now what am I going to do? Stress out and be worried and upset and try and figure everything out? I'm going to worship the God of heaven. And I'm going to make him bigger than my mess by celebrating his goodness. Now I want you to do this. I want you to spare me. If you, you say, I don't want anybody to see me. That's fine. Get along where I can't nobody see you. And you get in there and you just praise God. And you, we used to call it years ago in a you know, country, we'd say, you waller you out of place. You just waller you out of place and you start having you a grand time. And, uh, you know, if you're not used to, if you're not a, the, the praise and celebrate and worshiping time type, practice. Yes. Practice it. I, I'm in tra- Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> celebrate. If you don't know which hand, raise your foot, do something. But you get, to, you get to going and celebrating the goodness of God. I'm telling you, he'll keep his word. He's waiting on you. And you get to praising God and celebrating. Let me tell you what's going to happen. You'll find out he tells the truth. You'll find out this word works. And then you'll say, praise God, this word works. I'm going to try this again. That's exactly what he means for you to do. And I believe we could live in the presence of the Lord by keeping our hearts in a place of worship and praise and adoration and celebration. And let me tell you what the book of Proverbs says. I got to brace you. Be ready for this. Not everybody's going to be happy about you being happy. Not everybody's going to be happy about you being happy. The book of Proverbs says miserable people get mad when happy people get around them. They said it's like jerking their coat off on a cold day. Jerk it off. <laughs> I love to make miserable people even miserable. Because you know something? And, they, and church people are just miserable for some reason. They're real serious about everything. That's fine. We need to be serious about what we need to be serious about. But anyways, I'm on, I was going to hell. I'd have been there by now. I was going to burn forever. Jesus died so I could have life. I got a good looking woman. I got a good looking bass boat. I'm, I'm pretty healthy to be, you know, older than dirt, but not in it yet. So I'm having a good life. I got plenty to celebrate. And you rejoice and have a big time. All right, my friend Larry Lee, pastor of a church on the rock. He said, I had some men in my church and they really loved me. Of course, this is Dallas, Texas. You know how Dallas is. They got more money than God down there. And they got all that cash down there. And uh, Larry said, men in my church gave me a Rolex watch. And uh, I, I didn't even, even give me a Timex where I'm at. I had a Rolex watch. And then, then they gave him a Ferrari. And he said, I had folks cock their eyes and said, I don't believe you ought to be driving that thing. Cause yeah, we got some folks in our church. They won't appreciate you preacher. You know, you know, you know how church folks are. And he said, now, now I'm in a dilemma. Am I going to offend these crabby old people in my church by driving that Ferrari? Or am I going to offend the men who gave it to me? Then you're going to offend somebody. <laughs> well, if I'm going to live my life celebrating Jesus and rejoicing in the Lord, you're going to offend somebody. You're going to offend crabby old religious people that it makes mad. Are you going to offend the Savior who bled out his blood to give you his joy? I got an idea. I'm going to keep Jesus happy and let the rest of... <laughs> I don't, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be having fun in church. Let's get serious. So we can get church the joy of the Lord is your strength and it's there and it's waiting on you and you can stir it up anytime you want to. And I want to set a world record for, for just as much joy as you can have all the way to glory. And when I get to glory, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. If I don't ever see y'all again, let me tell them, I'll see you in heaven. That's what I'm going to do. When I get to glory where they're celebrating big time, and when some of you come through the door and you start hollering and celebrating, I'm going to say, settle down, settle down, settle down. You need to behave, settle down. You need to just knock that mess off. We're going to have the best time. Why not? I once was lost, but now I'm found. I can see truth now. Praise God. If he comes back right now, find by me. <clears throat> All right. Lord Jesus, I just, I love you so much in thy presence is fullness of joy. Your word is so precious, but it's so simple. Dude, just where do we get all this complicated, deep stuff from that? 
Oh, Jesus, I got a degree in religion, been preaching 40 years. I can't understand what some people are talking about. Thank you for making it so simple that a child can understand it. I want to praise you and bless you that unless we become like little children, we can't walk in your kingdom. And I just want to thank you. You not only gave us eternal life, you gave us abundance. You gave us the peace of mind and heart we long for. You gave us the joy of Jesus. Lord Jesus, wouldn't it be tragic to get to heaven and find out we didn't take advantage of what you gave us? I pray for every person in this room, Lord Jesus, whatever. And I, I've had the best time tonight. And I know that we're living in difficult days. I got struggles in my own life. I got things going on around me. We all do. But dear Jesus, we can either have our lives dictated by the stuff around us or the Savior above us. I pray for every person in this room. Obey the Lord. That they'll, I want them to know how sweet the precious Holy Spirit of God is, what it's like to be comforted and encouraged and have the joy of Jesus and the life of God and to have the fire of God blazing up inside of you. And Lord Jesus, we get knocked down. We go through things. We don't know what's going on. But praise God, how foolish is it to stay down if we got the Spirit of God living inside of us. And I thank you that we can jumpstart the life of God anytime we want to. And for that, I give you all the praise and glory and honor in the precious precious name of Jesus, I pray. Thank you for your mercy. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.